spiritual seeker triage. So I notice when I look through comments, I read comments, answer comments when I can, that people tend to fall in a few different categories as far as how they're engaging this process or their understanding level or insight level. Uh, so I wanted to unpack that a bit. Now understand this isn't to uh, pick on anybody or categorize people in particular. That's not the point of it. The point of it is actually to guide people to uh, the resources that I think are helpful based on their level of understanding or level of insight uh, or just their uh, experience level with even listening to videos like this. And par partially this is really on me or on YouTube because the way the algorithm works just randomly serves videos to people. In the past, you probably would get on YouTube and look up a certain person or look up a certain topic and find it that way and then look at the videos or take the tutorials or whatever. The way it works now though, most of the time it's really just click. So uh, flash and click, the algorithm serves you 12 thumb thumbnails and you pick the one that looks the best or you pick the one you're most familiar with or whatever. Not everybody finds my channel that way or comes to my channel that way, but many, many people do. And so I get a lot of random people who maybe aren't even familiar with this topic suddenly watching a video about non-duality or a direct pointing video. And uh, if you have no familiarity with it, it could be confusing or just seem meaningless, or it can feel like, well, what am I supposed to do with this? I don't understand it, but I sense something here, etc. So when I get these types of comments, I think, um, you know, I don't have time to answer each one, but how can I give this person some sort of resource or some sort of direction as far as how to proceed, at least based on my experience and my experience working with people who are going through this awakening process. So that's what this video is. Uh, the first category that is reasonably common are people who are just brand new here. So they, they find either one of my shorts or one of my videos that's randomly served to them. And this message or the words I'm speaking it comes somewhere between spiritual gibberish and um, some kind of poetic nonsense that has maybe a feel of some kind of truth to it, but it, your mind doesn't know what to do with it at all. And these are not uncommon at all. I get several a day, and they seem to me to be people who are genuinely interested in truth. They want to understand what I'm talking about, or they want to be able to uh, orient to it in some way that feels truthful or honest, but they just can't make heads or tails with what I'm talking about. So I I totally get that, especially when you're new to this or it's first introduced to you. I'm sure it would have been the same for me. Uh, the way I use language a lot of times, especially when I'm pointing in a very direct way, is really not the way language is intended. I'm kind of breaking the rules of time that's implicit in language. I'm breaking the rules of space that are implicit in language, and I'm breaking the rules of identity implicit in language. So it can be rather confusing. Um, often people who are sort of new to this, who are having that kind of, um, I don't know, discord between the intellect and the intuition, where your intellect is just going, this makes no sense, but your intuition is saying, but there's something here, I'm watching it. I, I wanna to continue to watch it. I wanna ask a question. I wanna clarify what it is you're talking about. So that discord is there um, and that's, that's what I sense in the comments. So if this is where you find yourself, somewhere between, I really don't understand this, it makes no logical sense to me, or trying to understand it and you maybe you understand parts of it, but other parts are seem so contradictory, somewhere between that space and something intuitive that says, but it feels like there's something here. 
There's something interesting here. I don't know what it is, but I can pick it up. Um, there's a spectrum there. Some people are much more toward the intellectual side where they'll, they almost feel a little argumentative. Like they want to either ask a difficult question or challenge me. And sometimes my answers are helpful to them and they kind of say, okay, I still don't quite get it, but I'll stick with it. I'll, I'll kind of look into it in the way you're suggesting or inquire or something. And other times it's like, nope, still doesn't make any sense. Like I'll answer a question and it's still like just totally opaque. The, the understanding of it, the intellect of it. To that person, I just want to say, I totally get it. I, I was there. That was the world I lived in, of course. And I didn't realize how uncomfortable it was until shifts started happening, until I woke up, essentially. I realized how confining that world was where I had to understand everything for it to be meaningful, to be valuable, to be something that um, was valuable to me in life, something that, that was, I don't know, useful or um, interesting. It, it had to be understandable, or at least I thought it did. I, I know that world. And uh, what I'm really pointing to is breaking out of that. I'm not saying you, you have to stop understanding everything. I'm saying this topic, this that I'm pointing to, this possibility for you, it's just not of that world. It, and, and that's really good news. It's, it's actually beyond it. It's more broad, more deep, more fluid, more infinite than anything the mind will construct, no matter how hard it's trying to understand. So <clears throat> I get the value of trying to understand. I get the value of trying to assign meaning and purpose and put things in a box and go, okay, I understand what that is. I understand how it works in my life and so forth. There's just no way I can be honest with you and say that this message can fit into that mind box. It just won't. There's no way. I can't pretend. I can't pretend it will. I think some people might, not really people who I think are authentic non-duality facilitators or whatever, but there, there are a lot of places in spiritual circles where, you know, we could say, oh yeah, this is going to give you this, 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 and this, and make a lot of promises and turn it into a sort of mental seeking process. But I, I just don't really do that because it's not honest. Um, it does change your experience dramatically. It is profoundly transformative, but I can't tell you it's going to give you what your mind thinks it wants. I can't tell you it's going to make you understand things in a more clear way in the way your mind wants it right now. I can't, I just can't in good conscience do that. It's not going to, well, first of all, it doesn't work because truth is where it is. Truth is how it is. And you, that's what you resonate with. So if I were to say something like that, the part of you that would resonate with it wouldn't be where I'm really pointing. It would be your mind. And the truth of this is what I'm talking about is not negating the mind. It's not negating thought, logic, understanding. It's just not of that space. It's, it is really beyond it or, um, <clears throat> primary to it or more subtle. There's no good word for this, but it is very real, this possibility I'm pointing to, and it's very real for you. It's just not something you can enclose with your mind. It's not something you're going to quote unquote, get your mind around. And if that's uncomfortable, it's okay that it's uncomfortable. You can still explore it. You can still explore it with your mind going, I don't get this. This makes no sense. Uh, this is even, this is nonsense or what you're saying is just totally illogical or contradictory or changing, like that's what the mind will say. It's totally fine if your mind is saying that. You're, you can still engage this process. You can still feel into what I'm saying. And the transformation can still occur. It's just not gonna occur in that box, in the mental box. The mental box will still be making the mental box noise. It'll still be going, I don't get it, this doesn't make sense, even as the process is unfolding. And so that's this. that last comment leads into my advice. So my advice to you, if that's you, if it's like, well, wait a minute, if you say, you know, 
letting go? What, how does that, how does that work when I can't let go or logical contradictions or, um, how does, um, if I just let go of the idea of free will or something, um, again, this is a philosophical way of looking at it, but I get these comments a lot. Like if I let go of free will, then I'll, I won't do anything. I'll just lay in bed all day. Or, you know, these are, these are normal mental, um, concerns when you come into contact with this, they're normal mental reactions or responses. But again, I'm not talking about that mental space. I can't answer it in that plane. I, if I could, I would be lying to you. So rather I just say, don't worry about it too much. Like just keep feeling in, keep feeling into the process, keep feeling into something that is not that world of the enclosed mind process that wants to understand and close, box it in, make it feel comfortable in an intellectual way for you. That's not what I'm doing, right? So the, the, the discomfort part comes into play here. So just be willing to be a little uncomfortable at that level, knowing that this is just beyond you and it's okay. It's beyond you as you take yourself to be. And that's scary when you really have a strong belief that what you are is a bunch of memories and thoughts and, you know, ideas about yourself. Yeah, that can be uncomfortable to threaten that. But what I'm really pointing to you, pointing you to is something so far beyond that as far as identity. It's, it's, a, it's moving from a very enclosed identity to a, an incredibly fluid and expanded sort of identity. And that's just the first part, right? It goes beyond that. But um, just trust that there, there could be possibly something beyond that, in, that box of enclosure that the mind wants to hold intact that has to do with what you know, what you trust, what you don't trust, um, what's foreign to you, what's important to you, and what's not important to you. This message is just not for that. It doesn't work for that. You, I can't put it through that computer in, in a way that's honest or uh, that has integrity, integrity with respect to what I'm saying. So, um, so yeah, if you're in that first category where you're like, so much of what you say is illogical or how it can't work in the way I'm thinking about it, like that doesn't make any sense or it's contradictory or, man, I've listened to you know a handful of your videos and I still don't understand it. If you're in any of those categories, it's fine. You're, that's totally fine. It's, it's normal, right? All I would say is be, be patient, keep engaging it. Just keep watching, feeling in or read my book. My book is probably far more detailed and nuanced than anything in, in any of these videos, just because of the nature of writing, I can refine it and so forth. So if you're really interested, pick up the book, but, um, but just engage this, even if it's not my videos, watch somebody else's videos in this space, um, read. Eckhart Tolle, read The Power of Now, watch another non-duality speaker, someone you resonate with, but be patient, give it some time, and don't hold yourself to some kind of standard of having to understand it. It's not about understanding in that way. It's just not. So trust that something can be revealed to you that is beyond your understanding, right? That's the mystery. That's the mysteriousness. That's the true journey. The hero's journey is to go beyond the confines of what the world is from the perspective of what the hero thinks he or she is. And moves on beyond that and that's that's the hero's journey this is the hero's journey really this is this is it <laughs> because it's not because of what angelo is talking about and not because of anything that happened here because it's your journey it's your inward journey it's your journey of discovery of transformation of digging directly into the identity structure and finding out what's what i mean it doesn't get any better than that and it is a big big process a big journey the bigness of it, the <clears throat> magnitude that's just beyond your understanding, uh, that is what's threatening to the mind, by the way. So again, it leads me to the next part of, hey, this can be uncomfortable at times. Some of the discomfort is just the un discomfort of not understanding right now, feeling like there's something you don't get, but I, f but I sense it's there. There's, a, there's something you're not quite in on or you don't feel like you're in on it. 
again, that's the mind. Uh, it's a tricky thing because the mind feels so confident when it understands something, but it's keep by, by understanding it, it's keeping itself outside, outside the inside joke. It is on the outside. The mind is on the outside in a way it can't know this. It wants to, but it can't. So, but here's the good news. You're not the mind. You're not that. You're just not that whole process or any part of it or anything. So that's the, that's the, the key that, yeah, it's going to feel uncomfortable. It's okay that it feels uncomfortable. The discomfort may not be in the way you would expect it to be. Maybe an emotional discomfort. It may be a confusion or a disorientation even, where you start to feel like the ground starting to shift a little bit underneath you ex existentially. All those things can happen. They're all experiences. They will all pass. You can, you can handle it. You're fine. You may not have, you may not be able to handle it, so, so to speak, as it's going on, like, like reorienting when you feel disoriented, but you have the capacity for the experience and you'll get through it. It's fine. Yeah. So those are the two pieces of advice. If you're in that first category of, I, I don't really understand what you're talking about, but there's something here that's interested. If you're watching three or four of my videos and you're still saying, I don't know what's, what this is about then that's not bad news to me. That's good news. That means why would you watch four of these videos if unless something really is attuning to this message, even if your mind is saying it still makes no sense? That doesn't bother me. It's just your mind. That's what the mind does. That's what thoughts do. They just keep trying to orient to essentially other thoughts, right? <laughs> You'll get used to that not being that important to you. You'll get used to uh, feeling a, a space of experience, a space of existence that is just not bound by thoughts, mind, concepts, anything. And it's beautiful. It's wonderful. It's very freeing. Uh, but it, the transition can be strange, right? And, and the transition can also be abrupt. Does, it doesn't have to be, but often it's like the mind is still trying to stay in control, staying in control, staying in control for a long time. And all of a sudden it just realizes it can't do that or you can't do that or that identity barrier has to be breached somehow. And it kind of goes beyond you because you can't do it as the mind, right? So it will just shift or pop or whatever. So it can happen all different ways. But again, just be patient. <clears throat> I also know this from experience. I, I do get uh, frequent comments that say, you know, I've been watching this for four months, six months, and I really did not understand it before. I didn't understand it, but I've been watching it. I've been watching your stuff. I've been reading your book. At first, it was so opaque. Like I would, I would listen and I was like, my mind would just say, it doesn't make any sense. Of course, if you're watching for four or six months, like you have an in, uh, instinct for this, of course. And then the, the comment will go on and say, but now I get it actually. I can feel into what you're saying. It makes sense to me now, but not intellectually, right? I get a lot of those comments. That's just a reassurance that what I'm telling you does work. Be patient. Keep exposing yourself to a message like this if it resonates. If it doesn't, if you're like, I don't want to, I don't want to investigate my identity. I don't want to go on the inward journey that will deconstruct my experience of reality from the point of view of my mind. If that's not interesting to you, don't watch this stuff. But if there's something that's, that is enticing there, it is interesting, that's great. You have the capacity for this, of course. Just be patient and be willing to feel some things that may be surprising to you. Intense emotions sometimes, sometimes fear, sometimes disorientation. All kinds of things can happen. They're all experiences. They will all come and go. So that's really the advice is be patient, keep engaging. Even if you really want to engage hardcore, do a one-on-one -on -one with somebody who talks in this space, who speaks in this space. Um, and that, that's pretty potent right there. That, they'll, they'll point you very directly to where you're fixating or holding on to an identity if that's what you're interested in. So try that um, if you really want to add fuel <laughs> to the fire. 
you may not even need to do that. Sometimes it, just watching videos like this again and again can really shift things around inside, even when you don't know how it's happening or why it's happening or even that it's happening, it can still be happening. So yeah, be patient. And again, be willing to feel, be willing to feel what might move through when you need to feel it. And it can be surprising, but it's okay. It'll come and go like everything else comes and go, comes and goes. Um, that's the first category. The second category that I want to point out is people who have been in spiritual circles of one form or another for quite some time and, uh, and believe in what I'm talking about. They believe in awakening. They believe in a shift. They believe in realization. They, this, this is a broad category. It could be people who sort of have been in sort of pop spiritual cultures or even like, um, I don't know, like law of attraction types of, of, of things or self-help and sort of moved into this space and just found a video and, and, and sort of realized that's where I want to go. Right. Um, all the way to people who may have a lot of experience with a tradition, like an actual tradition that talks about awakening realization, Kensho, Satori, you know, Buddhist concepts, principles, and processes, um, Advaita, uh, principles, processes, liturgy, all of it. Right. So you, you could be anywhere in that, in that spectrum with some knowledge, with some spiritual insight, some understanding, um, and are actually interested in awakening as such, or as far as the way you, you perceive it, but haven't had a shift in identity. This is a, a good portion of people who watch this channel. And, you know, it's an interest. It, the, the, the challenges of this category in a way are kind of different than the challenges of the first category, because you have knowledge it, it, in, in one sense, it could be more challenging in a certain way because the knowledge itself can become a barrier, spiritual materialism and, um, you know, being drunk on doctrine where it's just like more and more and more. I just want to keep reading it, understanding it, talking with people about it, comparing this map versus that map versus that map, and just being fascinated with all of that. But without even knowing it, unbeknownst to you, using that to keep yourself, I'm going to say asleep. I know that sounds judgmental, but I mean, keeping yourself from actually breaking through the identity structure. That can happen and it does happen. It doesn't mean you're hopeless. It just means, kind of like I said in the first section, you have to start to find a way to get either get leverage on yourself or look at your suffering closely enough that you stop resisting your suffering and you stop resisting everything. And then you start looking at resistance close enough and you penetrate something. You know, th there's a lot of ways to go about this. A one-pointed approach, using a koan, but, but for someone in this, the second category where it's like a lot of knowledge, sometimes even a lot of relationships, there are people who just know a lot of spiritual people. They go, they make a point of meeting them and going to retreats and, and networking and stuff, but sometimes they haven't had an awakening themselves. That can also happen, but understand like none of that is going to buy it for you, right? No, no, no amount of reading, understanding, arguing online about doctrine. You can't buy your way into awakening with that. Just like you can't through networking, through knowing people. None of those things really work, um, and for good reason because they are they're they're reinforcing your tendencies to stabilize your own identity, however your identity is put together. So if you're if it if it brings you to a certain comfort zone, even if it's a um, hard earned comfort zone, it requires a lot of reading, a lot of anything, networking or even practice, right? Even meditation. If you, if you have a lot of buy-in to those ways of approaching spirituality or awakening or realization such that, and this is the important part, such that um, it doesn't challenge who you are 
as the practitioner, then you need to get leverage somehow or have someone help you get leverage. Um, how do you do that? Watch very direct videos. Direct pointing can be really helpful. For someone who has a lot of spiritual materialism, spiritual knowledge accumulation, a very direct sort of almost like Neo Advaita message may be very helpful. Jim Newman, Tony Parsons, to break you out of that, that drunkenness with seeking, uh, spiritual seeking specifically in the spiritual context, you know, because it's enticing. It can be if, if, if the, let's say, conventional part of your identity earlier in life was really uncomfortable for various reasons, the spiritual identity you can take on can feel like what you've always wanted in a way, but still remaining within the confines of that limited identity. Um, so you got to get leverage to get out of that. A lot of ways to do it, like I said. Um, going on retreat is good, especially like a silent retreat, one that doesn't give you a lot of opportunities to maintain that familiarity of identity through behavior conversation, reading, et cetera. Working one-on-one -on -one with somebody really is helpful here because they will feel your fixations. And if you're willing to be open, vulnerable, honest, they will point them out to you one way or another, <laughs> or they will just, the, the fixations will just come to the surface. It, it just happens in these conversations. So that's a really good way to get leverage. Doing some emotion work, some in a really honest situation, like very good circling group, even maybe therapy, depending on the therapist and so forth. These are ways to get leverage. Um, sometimes I tell people, stop practicing the way you've been practicing. And this can be the hardest thing to hear for a, like a diehard spiritual practitioner. Like I would tell them, like, you need a pattern interrupt. You need a reset. Stop reading what you're reading. Stop doing the practices you're doing for a while. Just stop. Like Gangaji had this wonderful story in my interview with her where she met Papaji in his living room. And he said, <laughs> he said, sit down on the couch and stop. And so she started meditating. He said, no, 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 no. you're doing something. Stop. That's a, that's a massive threat if you actually hear it to the identity structure. Yeah. Some people need that. And I do recommend that on occasion to people who just through talking to them, I can feel they're just so identified with their spirituality. Um, the ego is a sneaky bugger. It just is, you know? And when I talk about ego, it's a provisional term. It's, it's not really something there. You're not going to find something called an ego, but the processes of ego, the processes of self delusion of hiding from yourself, hiding and seeking, they're pretty, they have a lot of momentum. They're pretty insidious, actually. Uh, they can hide anywhere. So don't, don't underestimate the, the power of the delusive mind of the pain body. Yeah. So uh, find a way to get leverage. And often it's through discomfort, actually. They're putting yourself in a process or situation you don't really want to be in um, at some level. Uh, and, and also engaging the question, the, the fundamental issue of identity. Who am I? What am I? Or what am I taking myself to be? And is that even real? Can I find that? Yeah. There's a lot of ways to approach this, but it has to start to, at some point, start to, uh, orient toward identity, toward confronting the idea, feeling process of mind that suggests there's an identity there, what you're taking yourself to be. That's where we have to go with this one way or another. Um, yeah. So, so in those cases, someone who has some spiritual background has under, a lot of understanding, especially even experience with retreats and things. I'm usually like trying to feel in when I talk to them to the one place they're not looking and, and they kind of know it a lot of times. Uh, <laughs> um, the, what they're maybe if they're not willing to expose theirself themselves to something like a one-on-one -on -one teacher, sometimes it's like, they're just really disinclined to do that. 
that actually stands out to me if you're engaging this process saying, I really want to wake up. I really want truth. I'm willing to feel uncomfortable, but I don't want to do that. Or I don't want to go to a retreat, right? Those are the kind of things that sometimes stand out to me of, of like where you actually could get leverage on yourself. But if you believe the thoughts, they'll just tell you like, oh, I've tried everything. Have you? You know? Um, and there's retreats that are free. There's retreats online that are essentially free. Like you, you can find retreats. You know, it's not, it's not a matter of can you afford it. Um, it's a matter of are you willing to do what you need to do to, to get to it. Um, so, yeah, a lot of times in that category, it's like let's look for where you're too comfortable with spirituality. Let's look for the space that you're um, identifying it within and keeping it in that, a little bit of a comfort zone and not willing to, to threaten your own idea of spirituality. That becomes the final barrier for many people, your own idea of spirituality. Not for everyone because a lot of people haven't really formed one, but a lot of times in spiritual cultures and spiritual groups and things, people have formed a spiritual identity or the, the illusory identity structure has very conveniently morphed itself into a spiritual one. It's the same thing. If it's a conventional identity, a spiritual identity, it's just an identity structure. But yeah, if you've had a lot of um, uh, time in this space. And in, in, this, in this category of people, it's interesting because I can think of multiple um, examples of the people I've interacted with. And there's often a lot of frustration. And the frustration can take interesting turns. It can turn toward the, the non-duality teachers or whatever. It can even, a lot of anger can come out. And uh, I've seen this and I understand it. But just know, like, the anger isn't about what your mind is telling you it's about. It's not about the teacher. <laughs> it's not about the, the person giving you the message you, that, that's uncomfortable um, or, or the one that's challenging your identity. They're doing that because you came to them to do that, right? So look for blame, externalizing that anger. The anger is just a barrier experience. It's a barrier emotion. It's actually a good sign. But I would orient you to it. Go directly to that feeling. Go to that anger. Don't cover it up with spiritual principles, uh, practices. Don't try to meditate it away. In this case, meditation may actually become not your enemy, but it may become a distraction. Stop meditating and feel it right now. Feel the discomfort. If what I'm saying is making you uncomfortable, feel it. Feel that discomfort. Go right to it. Go right into it. Go the one place you haven't gone in, in, in all the spiritual adventures and so forth, right? Go there right now, dead sober. No psychedelics, no practices, no thinking. Just go right there. It's opening itself to you. Often, if you're feeling intense emotions, it is. It's there. Um, it's a subtle portal in a way, but it is available to you. So, so go there. And again, pattern interrupts. Look for pattern interrupts. Look for something that you haven't done um, and be willing to dig into the emotion body somehow. Often, more times than not, that's really where the block is. It's in the emotion space, um, in the emotion body somewhere. Uh, so again, get leverage on it. <clears throat> a therapist that is familiar with non-dual work with awakening and realization, uh, a good circling group, someone that will hold you, uh, um, hold you accountable and f force honesty, um, a one-on-one -on -one teacher retreat, things like that, but look for, and, or completely interrupting your pattern, stopping doing what you're doing. Now <laughs> that one can be so hard for people. And I've, said it to people on occasion that I knew really well that I could feel the stuckness or fixation. I would tell them, stop watching non-duality videos. Don't watch anything for a week. Don't read any non-duality for a week. And I was always surprised how hard that is for people. They'll be like, no, no, anything but that. <laughs> it's like, I, you just got to interrupt the pattern. You've got to disrupt the identity structure. You've got to pull your own rug out at some point or just get so tired of 
trying to stabilize your identity that you just get exhausted and let, let reality pull the rug out. It will happen at some point. So that's category two. Um, category three is uh, people who have had an awakening and are kind of in that space after where it's like, yeah, I've had a, I, I definitely had a shift in identity at some point or recently. And there's, you know, there's a kind of a honeymoon. Sometimes it's very short. Sometimes it's rather long. Um, but now it's like, okay, where do I go? What do I orient to? Um, I'm, I'm starting to feel intense emotions or you, you're getting to that phase where you feel almost worse. <laughs> Not really, but kind of like you're feeling everything so much more directly. You're so much more aware of the distractions. You're so much more aware of the games you play with yourself. Uh, you're so much more aware of the amount of resistance there is or even reactivity. So it can be daunting, but you're, you're clear still. You, you, you have an openness that wasn't there before. And, and that's, that's obvious. This space, um, you know, it, it depends on where you are. Of course, it depends on how things are going for you, what I might recommend in the moment. But, um, usually it's, for me, it's, it's a matter of like, the self-inquiry phase usually is kind of over at this point. Not for everybody. Some people just keep keep looking. Where am I? Where am I? Where's the sense of me? Where's the sense of self? That can work, um, but it gets so subtle after a while that it's easy to overlook. It's hard to. It's easy to um, overlook the identity structure itself or the parent place that it seems to exist and how it affects you, um, because it's so. There's still so much momentum of mind. And um, so it, it can be very subtle, but for most people, I usually say, you don't need to keep asking, who am I? You know, it's not really gonna help much at this point. If there's a strong I am sense, a pure I am sense, without thinking, without thinking like, what does that mean? What is an I am sense? And what is Angela talking about? If, it, if that's happening, those are thoughts. An I am sense will be very obvious, it's self-obvious. So if that's there after awakening, resting in that can be hugely valuable. It's not an inquiry at this point, right? It's It's just, resting in what's obvious or reorienting to it again and again. I did a recent uh, interview with Kim and she talked about this very clearly. Um, for many people, that's not there. there. There's not really an I am sense. And I know this is paradoxical, but it's just the way it is. So uh, in either case though, trying to inquire into who am I doesn't make sense. In one case, you found it, it's just obvious. And in another, in the other case, you, you sort of saw through the I am sense in a certain way, not fully, but it's just not something that you identify as I, if that makes sense. So um, yeah, in either case, I, I don't usually recommend ongoing self-inquiry and so forth. This is just a broad statement. If you feel inclined to, go for it. Um, usually what I recommend is emotion work here. And I'll, anyone who watches me knows this. I have a whole playlist called Emotion and Shadow Work. Pick any of those videos. They'll probably trigger you, you know, but they'll point to processes and access points and, um, kind of just more orient you to the space and and be willing to, to check it out because there's going to be a lot there that needs to be um, experienced, really. It's all, all it is. It's just been pushed out, repressed, held away, distracted from through total innocence. You didn't do this on purpose. No one taught you to do it. You didn't choose to do it. It's just the momentum of the way the, the mind mostly functions. So um, emotion work. Uh, if you want to work directly on reactivity, uh, you can, although without some preliminary emotion work, it can be pretty challenging because it's so hot. It's so, um, elusive, the, 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 rea like the reactive body or however you want to say it can be very sneaky. <laughs> um, but I have a whole playlist on equanimity and the equanimity is, is directly talking about approaches to, um, to that mechanism and how to, how to really get 
down and see where the reactions are occurring and so forth. There's also an interview with uh, Kevin Shanilek, um, Fetters 4 and 5. I have playlists on the Fetters as well, Fetters 4 and 5, which talks about directly about this. It's another very good um, resource, and he has a website. So I recommend that. <clears throat> and or, I don't always recommend them necessarily exactly in this order. I let people feel into what works for them. But and or, starting to really engage the, the non-dual aspects. Non-dual, when I talk about it, I mean something very specific. And the way to know that is look at my playlist called Non-Duality. And it's talking about the, the um, perceptual filters that make the world seem divided up in time and space. Uh, and it's, it's a much subtler investigation than what happens with the first awakening, really. Uh, it, it, it does take, in my experience, some practice. It can be helpful to, to actually practice it. This is where I really diverge from some Neo-Advaita speakers who would say there's no practice, there's no one to practice. That, that can be helpful to hear that early on before an awakening. But after an awakening, it can be very detrimental, very detrimental, because you could have a massive avoidance mechanism going on where you're, not, you're unconscious to your own avoidances of all kinds of things. And you, you can hear that and be like, oh, I, there's nothing to do. What you're really saying to yourself is, oh, good, I don't have to do anything. <laughs> I don't have to look at what I know I have to look at, right? If you really follow your instinct, it will lead you right into the emotion body, into reactivity and so forth. So yeah, here and the non-dual, on the other side of things, that's the emotion side. On the other side, the non-dual aspects, the, the perceptual filters uh, concerning duality, concerning time, space, um, control, doership, all of that stuff. Uh, that is so subtle that it can be very easy to overlook without uh, looking in a very specific way. That's what I mean by practices. So all the practices are, are various types of inquiries, various types of just looking closer, and also stopping the momentum of re-identifying, of uh, seeking and so forth by seeing it for what it is. So those are the, usually sort of where I point people after, after a shift. Um, and then in deeper stages of realization, when you do understand what I mean when I say looking into the sense fields, looking for uh, perceptual barriers, boundaries, um, evidence in any way at all that there is separation between a subject and an object, um, investigating the nature of time and space itself. And I, and this is investigating identity at the, almost the deepest level. Uh, then the same thing I recommend, you know, looking into reactivity, seeing if there is remaining reactivity, um, always being alert to that because it can be sneaky, can pop up here and there when you haven't seen it for a while. Um, and engaging the non-dual, so the non-dual playlist. And at this time, you know, uh, I would also say you can start looking at the no-self playlist as well, which is sort of the next step beyond non-dual, give or take. Um, again, this is very subtle stuff. So at this level, it is it gets rather nuanced. But most of the videos I mentioned in those two playlists are very direct pointing. So just listening and kind of going along with the, the process uh, or just listening um, and and just feeling into what's happening, being being uh, aware um, th through the clarity of anything that is seeming to obstruct or fixate or hold anywhere. And then it just becomes about clear seeing, clear seeing, that's it. There are strategies and processes that do work here. Uh, those are in the playlists, but so much of it just becomes uh, really an intuitive orientation to being completely unguarded, unbounded, um, not grabbing onto thoughts, seeing everything that is to, there to be seen without filters, feeling everything there is to be felt without filters, 
Um, same with sound, taste, touch, all of it. Uh, so those are those are the sort of general categories I see people falling into with the comments. And again, I'm not trying to categorize people so much as just give advice based on where you are because I can't answer all the comments really. Uh, hopefully that's helpful. Let me know if you have further questions or you want me to break this down in other ways. But uh, the deeper things go, actually all along the line, honestly, in your intuition is actually the best teacher. It's the best pointer. It's better than anything. But at first, it's very hard to even know what that means. Like intuition, it's like the mind will immediately go, wait, intuition, is that this or is it that? Is it that or is it this or that? Or Plato said this and Aristotle said that and Angelo said this and Adi Shanti said that. Like the mind will just have so much momentum that to talk about that kind of intuition, I think for the majority of people, it doesn't make sense. Although the intuition is what's guiding you. It's what, how'd you turn on this video? It's what's making you listen this long, even when you're frustrated and annoyed that the way I'm talking about it doesn't make sense or what made you pick up the right book at the right time. It's, it's your intuition that's guiding this whole thing. That is your sat guru. It's, that's your best teacher. And as realization deepens, you learn to trust it more and more and more. And you'll know when to pick up a technique maybe to be a little more precise in your investigation of something when it feels opaque and you can't see through it. And when it's really just time to, to just relax back in the sense the body sense, the, the pure sense, and then what's beyond that, the energetics of it. Uh, you'll, you'll start to develop a good rapport with the subtleties of, of your intuition. And it's not even your intuition at this point. It's becomes rather dis, um, indescribable, ineffable. But, uh, but it is paradoxically something there guiding this whole process. The process itself becomes the guide. The process itself is unfolding itself. And that's all that's ever been happening. And there's no one it's happening to, yeah. So this will this stuff will become clearer as as um, you unload the fixations and polarities through direct exploration, acceptance, feeling, uh, allowing all of it. Yeah. So anyway, let me know if this is helpful or just totally unhelpful, or if you want further explanation in any any of these spaces.